presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin B, the Athletics Department, and occasionally the Ohio Valley Conference links to our good friends at CDE. And thanks to you, our listeners. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin B podcast that frankly is in need of a haircut at this point. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. It's not a good It's not a good time of year to, uh, to be throwing out, and yet that is what we are both doing to... Yeah, it's getting, uh, it's getting a little long on top. It's Frankly, I can't wear hats anymore, and it's disconcerting, because usually when I have the mop going like this, it's hat time, and I don't have hats that fit anymore. Yeah, the beard got long. I can trim that up on my own, but I'm, I'm not going not gonna to take a go at trimming the hair, and it's, it's not ideal. It's getting to the point where I'm toying with the idea of not doing it myself because I'm not that coordinated, but letting someone else do it. And I don't just, just a Sarah buzzer for you. Ah, no, I grew up. That's how I grew up having haircuts every summer. It's just buzz cuts. I, I don't look good that way. I mean, I don't look good anyway, but I really don't look good that way. That's just a really bad option. Like if Charlie Brown, if they ever showed him as an adult, I think if you're going to do the buzz cut, you have to have like a long beard to go with it. Like the, like the buzz cut or bald head with the beard looks better than the buzz cut or bald head without a beard. Uh, I'll try to bear that in mind. I've been researching, researching some tattoo options as well. So I could really just lean into the whole, the whole vibe there. I could start wearing berets ironically with no hair too. Berets? No, you should not do that. Well, I shouldn't do a lot of things, but somehow it always winds up happening. I'm going to put Beret near the top of that list, but That's do fair. you, buddy. You do you. I, pro- I should probably do somebody better than me. That seems like the way to go. I I have not been... Me me doing me has not been all that successful to this point. But you know what has been successful to this point, Casey? Some of our golfers. Three of them, huh? Three of them. Three of the women, and then uh, one of the men as well, which we'll get to that snub here in a second. First, let's recognize the ladies. Uh, Megan Stamps, Taylor Dedman, and Shelby Darnell, all three earning all OVC honors. The second for Dedman in as many years. The first for Stamps and Darnell as well. First time we've ever had three on the all-conference team for the women's golf program. Uh, a bang-up job by that group. A uh, great job by head coach Jessica Cathy. Put, putting the target on their backs a little bit for next year now because everybody's coming back. Even Stamps, who's a senior, is going to use that fifth year and head on back. So very excited about that. Very excited about the, the trajectory for that program as well. Very excited about the men's program's trajectory, but for different reasons. What you got? Well, okay, so Tate Dickerson was named all-newcomer, which is great. Everybody else was snubbed. And... Everybody. Everybody. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And if you if you think there's not a little bit of chirpity-chirp going on on the Twitter machine uh, for, for some of the, the more disrespected feeling of the group, well... <laughs> You don't know how Twitter works then. Numbers-wise, 
like just pure stroke average, sure, maybe not top of the top, but I mean, Michael Bussey, my goodness, he only got one stroke play tournament in the spring. He was top five in the fall. If nothing else, he should have been on there. I mean, you can make your cases for Austin Lancaster. Uh, you can make your cases for Chase Gordy as well. But, I mean, Bussy just was a bare minimum. I was floored when he didn't get it. Do they, uh, you guys don't vote for golf. It's just that they pick it, right? No, this is a coach's vote. No, no, no nothing for the SIDs. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's fair because most of the time we don't get a chance to see. I mean, we may see one or two of the opposing programs and we tend to kind of run in the same circles tournament wise. We don't get to see them, see them the way we would for basketball or baseball. So it makes sense that we don't have a say in it, but I mean, my gracious. Maybe the boys will have a little bit of chip on their shoulder next year. Yeah. I'm 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 seeing a, a setback as a setup for a comeback already. Uh, this group taking taking it a teensy bit personally as they should. They should. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, good also for all our programs. Did you see those academic numbers last week? My heavens! Boy, those are some those are some high GPAs. That's some that's some good GPAs you guys did this semester. Uh, GPAs we would have liked to have, huh? I mean, I would have killed for those GPAs. I mean, I would still kill for those GPAs. My GPA for graduate school was not that good. It was close. It was it was right on the border, but what did we I, throw up department wide? Like a three one or something? It was like a three two nine or something. I don't big number. Some big numbers. Yeah. I mean, it was it was not it was nothing that you would look at it and go, oh, they scraped over the line on the three by the skin of their teeth. And they all got sent home in the middle of the semester. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing too is everybody got sent home halfway through and still did still put in the work still did all the work and I mean good golly just 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 an incredible semester when you you get right down to it very very impressive very impressive for our student athletes shout out and, to the athletics department academic staff oh yeah shout out to our academic staff uh, Katie Etheridge Combs Haley Riley Nia. Friend of the pod, Nia Gibbs Francis. Excellent, excellent work, all of you. Uh, also excellent, Emily Moore uh, picking up a Cosada Academic All District honor. Uh, good for her. Uh, just another another well earned honor for uh, one of one of the truly great just student athletes, representatives of of what 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 our boss Gerald Harrison always calls the total golf concept. And I mean, Emily's just a a perfect embodiment of that. Football might be coming back soon. Everybody might be coming back soon. Football might be coming back sooner than others. And it's it's another one of those little baby steps in the right direction that we're hoping for. We're not playing games yet. We're just going to get guys back, you know, get some tests, get some weights lifted, and, you know, hopefully keeps on getting better and better. And, you know, we'll get a little seven-on-seven seven action, and, you know, we'll get a little, get a little inter-squad scrimmage going and, you know, key it up in the fall. Just the opportunity to have... It, I'll take any progress towards getting back at this. Point. Might be out there watching football practice if they get going. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to rush back. I don't want to get back too quick. I don't want to put anybody in danger. But every little baby step is another little milestone, another little marker to actually getting back and having sports in our lives on a regular basis again. And that sounds awesome. Sounds delightful. Sounds delightful. But of course, it's not all roses across the collegiate landscape. Not for everybody. 
Not for in dark days. Been a couple of dark days. Uh, Furman and Bowling Green already cut their baseball teams. Uh, I think Central Michigan cut men's track. Furman cut lacrosse. And I don't think it's going to be the last team's cut. It's not going to be the last. I I feel very blessed, very fortunate to be in the position-ish sort of that we're in where we've we haven't been extravagant in terms of our how we've how we've run things and so we we can tighten the belt a little bit without losing too much and we have not thank goodness had to cut sports uh we already had a tiny department so it couldn't have gotten a whole lot smaller but it's good that we have been able to retain as much as we've retained to this point at a time when i mean this is may what day is it may 20th so we're deep into month two of this thing i mean there were there were places that i saw cutting staffers loose like within the first 10 days and so we we at austin p have been very fortunate uh shouts to gerald uh shouts to president white shouts to shouts to our leadership we don't have to know everything but we know we're in good hands and that's, I think, a, a pretty important thing for us to remember going forward as we start to hopefully turn this corner and get back into this. Let's take a break now. I'm going to bring on Fallon Baker of the Austin P Women's Basketball Program, both player and now graduate assistant coach. Uh, we'll talk about her journey right after this. Yeah. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me You know how I like it when you loving on me I don't wanna die for them to miss me Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me Hope I got some brothers that outlive me They gon' tell the story was different with me God's plan Fallon Baker has been around Austin P for a long time in many different forms. First as a player for the Austin P women's basketball team, most recently as a GA on head coach David Midlick's staff. And today she joins us on the PCAST as our guest. Fallon, how are you? I'm good, Colby. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So to start with, I think your career... Your career as a player got off to maybe the most unfortunate start I can ever remember. Just Could you describe for people who weren't there exactly what happened in the first exhibition game you ever played? Yeah, I can. Um, so that was a little bit of an interesting start, to say the least. Um, started my very first game of my collegiate career, which is, of course, what everyone dreams of doing. Um, within the first... 30 seconds to a minute, I was out. I tore my ACL, both meniscus, and was out for the season. So it went from all your dreams kind of coming true and then all of them kind of coming crashing down within a minute. So kind of an unfortunate start, but um, all worked out for the best in the end. The highest possible high followed immediately by the lowest possible low. Was that a tough way to start your playing career? It was because I really wanted to play under Coach Daniels um, at the time, and I was so looking forward to being there and just giving my all for the program, and um, it just kind of ended so quickly. Now looking back, 
I'm not upset it happened because it kind of led me into coaching because it, it showed me what I wanted to do in that year. So I'm very happy it happened because it led me to where I am. But yeah, at the at that moment, it was a very, very difficult time. Tell me a little bit about your parents because they have been fixtures at Austopy basketball games since basically the day you showed up. Yeah, they have. Um, my parents are great. Um, Matt and Kimberly are their names. Shout out to them. Um, I don't think they missed a game. Even when I was injured my first year, they did not miss a game. They were at every single game, home and away, supporting as much as they could. And I don't think many people can say that and have that support system behind them. So I'm, I think I'm very lucky to have that behind me. When they were coming and you weren't playing, what did that say something to you about not just their commitment to you, but their commitment to the program and you getting the, as much as you possibly could out of it? Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, that just shows, even though maybe I clearly I wasn't performing, so I wasn't wouldn't be performing at my best, but even then they were going to be there no matter whether I sat the bench for the next three years or I actually played. So it kind of showed me that no matter what I was doing, they would be there supporting me. Luckily, I got the opportunity to play and didn't get another injury. But, yeah, it did. It definitely just shows that you have a good support system behind you. Do you do you recall hitting a three and dabbing against Vanderbilt once upon a time? I don't recall it. I know I dabbed quite a bit that year because I, some of the assistants had told me, you know, it was a good way to get people hyped was to do something kind of goofy after you hit a three. So I know I did it throughout the year, but I don't remember the exact one against Vanderbilt. I remember one later in the year because Coach Mid got mad at me for it because I didn't get back on defense. But I don't necessarily remember the one against Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt's a very memorable game for me because that was a really big game, and that's the team I gr I grew up supporting a lot of the time. So that was a big that was a big game. So I'm sure I did dab during the game. The only reason I remember it is because I was doing video at the time and you hit the dab and it was the most serious thing I've ever seen from somebody dabbing. Like, you were all business about the dab. <laughs> when? Yeah, I, I was. I was feeling it that game. That was a good game for me. When you got to the end of your career, you played three years. Could you have come back and played another year I could have yeah I could have technically come back and played another year but I decided to GA instead at about 275 points away from a thousand did that factor into your decision at all like I'm this close should I go for it um a couple of people had mentioned it to me but no it, it didn't really factor in I felt at the time it was time for me to kind of move on to my coaching career and kind of get started at the next chapter because the people I came in with were kind of leaving and it just seemed like it was all coming together so well that I just wanted to kind of start that next chapter I don't necessarily regret not getting a thousand points or not going for it because I'm very happy with what I'm doing now and the opportunity I got as a graduate assistant here talk a little bit about being a GA particularly being a GA for Coach Midlick, because I think as I've, we've done, we've talked to a lot of GAs here lately, and they all have a different story and a different, they all work for different kinds of head coaches, and Midlick's a very different kind of head coach. Yeah, um, so he kind of just let me choose what I wanted to do my senior. He said, you know, we're off, we'll offer you the GA position, or you can stay on and play. He let it be completely up to me without swaying me in any direction. 
Um, working under him was honestly so great. I got to see him in a different light than what you see as someone as a player. You get to see how hardworking they are behind closed doors and how much they care for the players and all that. And he definitely shows it on the court to the girls, but seeing it behind closed doors just made me see him in a completely different light. And it was honestly such a good experience to work under him as a GA. I thought it maybe could get a little bit hard, you know, going from playing to coaching, but it, it all went really smoothly. Coaching with someone you used to play for, how does that transition from player to then being one of his assistants go? Because he has to treat you differently, but you also have to interact with him differently. Right. So it does change that a little bit. The one thing I'll say, though, is I think going from playing to coaching, he knew what I was about. So it wasn't like he had someone new coming in. He knew a lot about me and a lot about me as a player. And I think he knew I would bring that as a coach, as a coach as well. Um, so I really just went from being a player. I came in as the first day as a GA and he, he welcomed me right into it and just treated me as I was a coach. So there wasn't any of that weird overlap or awkwardness to it. What kind of challenges are presented when you begin coaching people that you were playing with, playing alongside not long ago? Um, I didn't really take it as a challenge. I took it, it was just an opportunity to be a little bit different because a lot of GAs come from not knowing these girls, which I had already built relationships with them. So it kind of helped me in that sense. A lot of the girls I was close to, and I think when I played, I was already a little bit of a team mom. So it kind of just worked to kind of go into the coaching role. Um, So I didn't have too much of a struggle with it, but I think it was really good because it let me have different kinds of relationships with the girls. And our team here is absolutely great. Uh, we have some of the funniest, most outgoing girls you could hope for. So it was really quite easy. And then you factor in that balance that you have to have with class and coaching. Do they appreciate that you are kind of going through the same grind they're going through still? Yeah, they do. A lot of them would come to me and ask me questions because a lot of them are doing similar majors I was doing in undergrad. So they do appreciate that I was still going to school every single day after we practice. You know, I've been at work all day, then – going to practice and then after that I'm going right into my schoolwork and I think the girls saw that and appreciated it and but still used me as a tool to be able to help them move forward in their you know degrees and whatnot because that's ultimately what they're here for. How important is it to not only get the graduate degree paid for but also to get that start in coaching and and to have these tools that have been at your disposal for the last couple of years? Uh, I mean I I can't even imagine not having them. You know, it, it's been such a good journey through Austin P. Gone from four years of playing and then two years at this. And, you know, getting all that paid for, I'm coming out of this debt-free, which is absolutely outrageous. I have two degrees now, and I haven't had to put any money towards it. So, honestly, I'm very, very lucky and very happy to have gotten these opportunities. And I have Coach Millick to thank for that, to keep me on as a graduate assistant, because some coaches may not have done that, you know, being in his position. But. Uh, it's been it's been absolutely amazing. I can't ask for any more. Why is Austin P important to you? Um, Austin P is important to me because for the last six years, it's given me an opportunity to really grow as a person. Um, from you know getting hurt as a freshman, like we've talked about, that's a that's a tough year, and then having the people around you to help you through that and kind of take that year and just grow through it, and then the next three years really come out and be the player I wanted to be. Um, and then going into two years of grad school, then 
you know, following the career now that I want. I mean, I don't think that's not to be taken for granted. And Austin P has been really helpful in that process. And everyone around is so supportive up to President White. I mean, if I see her and her husband out, they're coming up, they're hugging me, you know, you don't get that everywhere. So Austin P is, you know, really important to me and my journey. And hopefully as I continue on in my coaching career. What is your favorite word? Favorite word? Probably like flabbergasted or something. Cause it's kind of goofy. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Swig. I hate the word swig. Swig like. Cause it sounds like, like when you're drinking, like, can I take a swig of that? Cause it just sounds like someone's backwashing your drink. Like, I don't know why that's always been my least favorite word since I've been like little. <laughs> Who or what inspires you? Um, my family and the people around me inspire me on a daily basis. What's the last book you read for fun? Um, I think it was called The Crush by Sandra Brown. I'm I'm into reading. I'm reading one right now, but I kind of just go through different books. What is your worst habit? Worst habit. Um Probably leaving drawers open and stuff around my house. I'm not good at closing things after I use them. It's a random one, I know. What app on your phone gets the most use? Mm, probably FaceTime. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Maybe not terrifying, but scary would be tearing my ACL and doing that. I think that was my biggest fear at the time, so that would be terrifying for me. What is your idea of happiness? Happiness um, comes from the people you surround yourself with and the positiveness and all of that and comes from success. And I think I define my success by how I'm happy and by the relationships I build and the people I keep around me. What is your idea of misery? Misery to me would be being very unhappy with not the right people around me and just being completely out of control of all situations and not having any control of my life and feeling like it was going downhill. What makes you self-conscious? Um, probably my height. I wish I was taller in the basketball world. I'd pass the eye test a little bit more. You're your guard, too, so, I mean, you're not expected. Yeah, but I'd still like to be 5'10". <laughs> what is the most embarrassing song you love? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I was singing the other night. I was singing the Gitchy Gitchy Goo song from Phineas and Ferb. You know, all the old Disney classics. You know, I was I was getting into the you know the Fairly Odd Parents and all that stuff the other night. So probably any of those songs from my childhood. How would you prefer to die? Um, I would. This is going to be weird, but I would prefer to die slowly, so I had time to figure out everything and get everything in line because I'd want to have control of how everything went. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Um, a dog, because I absolutely love dogs. My dog Remy is my life. So a dog that was treated well like Remy, I think that would be a perfect life. What might prompt you to lie? Torture, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I don't I don't see myself as a liar, so only in extreme circumstances, maybe. What makes you hopeful? New opportunities, um, where I'm at now, looking for the next big thing to do. That I'm very hopeful for that. What is our purpose in life? 
I think our purpose in life is to make the most out of what we can, uh, be smart with the decisions we make and where we go in life and know what you're good at and try to pursue that as like as hard as you can and try to work hard to reach those goals that you have for yourself and not necessarily what everyone else thinks you should do, but be smart about what you know you can do and follow that. Regardless of who it was, what would you like to ask our next guest? I would like to ask, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Because I love ice cream. And what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Cookies and cream. Easy. The classic. Holy goody. What's next for you? Like, I know that we're all kind of in a holding pattern right now, but with the coaching in GA Carousel this summer being kind of odd, to say the least, what are your plans? Uh, my plans are still the same. I'm trying to find somewhere to go. I'm talking to a couple of places, uh, different jobs, you know, because as you kind of move up, you may not just get a coaching role immediately. You may have to do a dobo or a video or something like that talking to a couple places about that and just trying to find the right fit for me as well as the place I'm going, because I think it needs to be a good fit on both parts to be the most successful team. What is the thing you most hope to get out of your coaching career at the end of the day? Honestly, I want to be someone that people remember as a positive influence um, that help people reach their goals and not necessarily it all be about basketball all the time. I know it's hard when that's your job and that's, you know, you want to win every single game, but a lot of times it's about the girls you're coaching and they may not be about basketball hundred percent of the time and just kind of being that person that's there for them, not only on the court, but off the court and someone they can come to. I think that is what I want to be remembered by. Well, I have a feeling you're going to be remembered like that. At least, at least at Austin P that is how you will be remembered. I really hope so. I mean, it's been great here. So I hope so. Well, Fallon, thank, thank you very much for joining me for a few minutes today. Best of luck with everything uh, the future holds. Awesome. Big thanks to Fallon for coming on, sharing a lot of her journey, a lot of her story. Uh, one of the one of the most committed people we've ever had to Austin P. And just the idea of of what we do here and buying into it wholeheartedly. Things that weren't bought into wholeheartedly. Tuesday marked the one year anniversary of the worst series finale. Ah, I, I will I will say, I will say that I don't think it was the worst series finale ever. It's Top three. It sure is up there. It sure is up it's, there. It's way up there. But How I Met Your Mother had an eight season build up to one punchline that wasn't funny. That's always going to take the top spot for me. I saw a lot of people complaining about the entire final season on Twitter, and the entire final season didn't bother me. The battle of Winterfell was awful. This and that. I was like, yeah, that was fine. It could have been better. But the rest of the season was fine. They just ruined it in the last 20 minutes. It was boring. Which is not what you're accustomed to on a show like Game of Thrones that had made 
that it made its mark by never being boring. It never... It became so rote that it kind of ruined what used to make it fun. Even the things people didn't like them doing weren't boring at the end until the very last episode. Like John Killing Daenerys, people didn't like that, but I don't think I saw that coming. That was interesting. I wasn't bored for that. It was at least different and at least made sense like the i i took to watching the little explainers afterwards to try to get some understanding of how or why they made decisions that they made and like the one where oh daenerys just sort of forgot about the iron fleet like fellas come on that's a plot hole you can drive a semi through i i just wish they would have waited just wait i would have rather had the show wait 10 years let george r R. martin write the final and then make the show instead of having two guys that just wanted to get to their next Star Wars movie right the final season. Yeah, that was the thing that frustrated me, is those guys were way out the door trying to just hustle this last season along. Oh, they just wanted to get that season done and get the Lucas filmed. Yeah, and I I understand not being able to wait on George R. R. Martin, because as somebody who's read the books, George, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, buddy. You, I, I'll give you the money right now. Just finish it so I can be... The thing I don't want is to get to the end of my life and realize that he left it undone. Because he because died he's like 95 is... years old. I don't know. He's he's one of those people that has looked the same for 25 years. He could be 50, he could be 80. I have no idea. I thought he was writing it right now in quarantine. I thought I read that. Allegedly, he's been writing it for eight years now. I might, if he ever finishes, I might just read the book. I, I feel... I mean, I felt compelled to read it anyway because I already put quite a bit of my life into reading these things, and they're thicker than brick. So, I mean, you got to kind of commit to doing it. But I want to see where he differentiates, and if he doesn't, I want to see how he explains things better because I think that's the problem with the television show of the magnitude. Well, I need a better ending. I need a differentiated ending. Yeah, I don't necessarily need a better ending, but boy, do I got to have a better explanation of everything that went down. One one meeting in the hoovered into the last five minutes of the show is just not quite going to do it for me. I need I need more. I need better. That's a better story than Brand too. I can list several people. It. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight over that one. Brand. I'd say Brand had many better stories in the books than in the show in the show he disappeared for like three seasons he was literally gone he just disappeared <laughs> he's just walking across just walking across we keep keep on workshopping your way of phrasing things buddy you'll get there eventually less disappointing on our televisions the last dance wrapped up over the weekend um i mean i think you can go better in different places than us to get the full plaudits and rundown of this magnum opus, um, which you can kind of tell was heavily edited in certain ways. Well, if you look at the first the first credit that pops up at the end, executive producer Michael Jordan, he wasn't going to come out looking worse. No. Uh, which, who would you like to see is some of the neck because now that this has come out and this has become this thing and i think it would have been pretty much like it was anyway in terms of popularity even if we weren't all shuttered in our houses with no sports but 
now that it's become a phenomenon, they're going to start doing more and more of these. Who would you like to see get the next Last Dance kind of treatment? Well, I know I've read that Kobe Bryant had a film crew following him his last season. So, like, I feel like that one's going to happen definitely now. Um, who would I like to see get one? That's the harder question. Yeah, because I think it's got to be further in the past because, like, Kobe did it. Dwayne Wade did it. I'm not yeah. interested in Dwayne Wade. Like, the Kobe oh. Bryant one, if it's, do they have as much footage? They probably do, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be ready next month. No, but also, we know about Kobe Bryant as a modern athlete. Down the ball for 10 years. The thing that I think was the most appreciated about Jordan was he was this famously reclusive guy who, after he retired, didn't really give interviews or do anything else. He doesn't do social media or anything. You don't get his opinion. He just, he retired, and then that was that, and then 20 years later, now we have this. And that's that's kind of what I want, is somebody I don't know anything about. I'm like, trying to think about like, somebody from each of the big sports, like... Well, like LeBron, I mean, I think it would be fascinating to get more backstory on LeBron, who'd been a national figure since he turned 14. But I know everything, I, there's no mystery to LeBron anymore. We know about him. I would say Tiger Woods, but he's still playing, and it's the same thing as LeBron. We know, we know everything. Yeah. There is a Tiger Woods documentary on this Sunday on Golf Channel called Tiger Slam. Ooh, I saw the advertisements for that. I may hop in there. I'm I'm going to be tuned into that thing. I think it comes on right after Tiger and a Peyton put put Phil in a Phil and Tom Brady in a box. I think, and obviously all these are going to be smaller scale now. But I think the career arc of Vince Carter is fascinating and something I'd like to know more about. I don't think I need ten episodes on Vince Carter. I don't know if I need ten episodes, but I could definitely. I could definitely watch multiple hours of this guy's transition from high-flying heir apparent to Jordan to sulking his way out of Toronto and being labeled kind of a head case and a tough guy in the locker room to now he's in, was it, year 22? He he played against Jordan. I'll tell you what, my thought, I want to bury Bonds one. Oh, yeah, totally. That would be... Give me Barry Lamar Bond. Give me 10 hours of Barry Lamar Bond. Do you think Barry Bonds would be candid? Even if he had the ultimate final say on it, do you think he would be candid? I think you guys have to do the interviews and tell him, hey, you get executive producer tags like Jordan. Like you're, you're making the final cuts. And even with that, I still worry that he would. Yeah. Unless yeah, you just... maybe let him and Jeff Kent fight it out before the show. That would be fun. Football, you know... I feel like Peyton Manning is constantly in my life anyway. Yeah, he's he's another one too where he's at, he came at the right time where like you know every like he kind of came I know he played right at the during Jordan's finals run there but that was mostly college and a little bit of the NFL. So everybody knows everything about him already. Like and SEC story did the book of Manning a couple years ago where they did the entire family. So you got to know even more about him. I don't think there's any Peyton Manning film we haven't seen. Yeah, and this it's the same way for Brady too, you know. I mean he's a he's a real rags to riches story, but we've beaten it to death. We've all seen everything they've ever done throughout their career. And if you're gonna do an NFL player, it would have to be like 
you'd have to go back to like a nine, like a Marino or Elway or Steve Young or Joe Montana. But even then, yeah, I don't care about any of those guys. We know everything about these guys because of NFL films. Yeah, the the proliferation of NFL films and the cameras being around, basically since television took over that league. I mean, there's not a whole lot of there have been many places to hide. I think you could do an NHL one for this because I think that you could interest a lot of people with Gretzky or if you waited 20 years into Alex Ovechkin versus Sidney Crosby. Well, it just seems, it seems more like a 30 for 30, like a, a one hour thing. I don't know that I could, you don't want 10. Yeah. Probably not 10 episodes, but I could probably do multiples on Gretzky though, just because I, I didn't see him play. I didn't see him play when he really had his fastball. I was there when he was like 37 with the Rangers. Yeah, you could definitely do a Gretzky glass dance in a shorter version. Uh, Ovechkin, and, Ovechkin and Crosby could be a 30 for 30, which I think it will be, just not yet. They've got to finish it up. Especially if Ovechkin, or you could do Ovechkin versus Gretzky if Ovechkin ends up catching Gretzky on the goals list, which it sure seems like he will if you ask Gretzky. Maybe he will, but... You don't think so? I mean, he may catch him, but... Gretzky's still Gretzky. He's still the great one. But we also don't have to necessarily worry too much about where our content is going to come from because NASCAR, the UFC, some soccer leagues, some golf, and the KBO all in rotation now. You can get a sport fix. Yeah, we had NASCAR and golf on Sunday. We've got NASCAR again tonight at Darlington. Uh... I watched Bundesliga soccer on Saturday. Not a lot of names I recognized. Uh, can you say any of them? No. But I'm also not German. That's fair. But it's it's coming back. It's slowly coming back. Maybe. Maybe soon. Maybe sooner rather than later. We'll have some more stuff. Hopefully we can get baseball back too, but Major League Baseball is looking, looking worse and worse every day. It's grim because they just don't even seem like they have the starting point yet. It doesn't. Like I they, think next year's a CBA year too, which makes this even harder. It sure seems like they're using the owners are using this to leverage players to take less money and to take away a lot of the minor league jobs to cut a lot of that stuff. And kudos to the players for fighting back. I just don't. I don't know how long this goes. I don't know how long is feasible for millionaires to hold off trillionaires. Yeah, it's not good. Finally, in news no one cares about last week, I was foiled once again in my pursuit for a Casada National Writing Honor. Oh, it's sad. It's a sad day. Shut up. I'm going to get one one of these years, and I'm going to, to I'm going to lord it over every one of you, all of you. You will bow before me. You should be doing that anyway. Are you going to do a victory lap like Ovechkin with the Stanley Cup? You mean am I going to party for like seven days straight and show up at the parade? Find you, yeah, we're going to find you in downtown Clarksville with like your reward like in the fountain, like doing just splashing around. But like instead of having your team with you, it's just going to be you. No, you guys can come. We can, we can, we can frolic. We can go on a seven-day bender because you finally beat the guy at Stanford. Yeah, sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to me. What kind of trophy? Do they get you a trophy you can actually like 
it's a cup that you could either drink out of or is it just like a plaque? Cause I don't think you could. I don't have any idea. I've never won one. Oh yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Way to pour salt in that wound. Hey, you did win some district awards though. So. Uh, this is where we implore you to do some community service stuff. Everybody's community is opening at different times and at different spe- rates of speed. So just when you get a chance to get out in the community, do that. Do some good. Always try to do as much good as you can. Get in touch. Stay in touch with us via the web and social media. Casey, how? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, Or you can follow along on our Facebook account called Austin P. Governor. Do that. It's very important because you'll find out a lot of the information about where and when we will be returning to action. Also, let's go p.com for the dates and news and stories when and if we have those. Cody, Bush, Casey, and myself doing all that all the time. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letscop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars really helps. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event. We should shout out, share mask-making tips, because sounds like we're going to need them. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourselves, love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.